You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Tom, what's up, brother? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, I've got a job. That's my big news. You got a job. <laughs> yeah, it's a no way. Fucking miracle. Well, that's good. I mean, <laughs> so you were kind of in between. Well, you in between gigs for a little while and outside. Yeah, of this, I mean, I haven't actually started I mean, I yet. I might still of, what this job pays, I'm not sure why you need another job. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, true. so this worked out well. Did you interview with many companies, and then you? No, nah, I, I interviewed with one French company, and they were trying to put me off. And now uh, the, the jobs with London Stock Exchange. So really? Yeah. You got to wear a suit? Yeah, definitely. No kidding. Look proper. <laughs> yeah. Good yeah. luck with that one, buddy. No kidding. Is this a nine to five job, so to speak? Uh, Yeah, similar. Similar. Probably be a bit more than that, to be right, honest. Right, right. Are you excited about it? Or is, is it? Yeah, it's been a while since you've kind of been doing that. But- you know they did a, they did a funny one where it's like we told you told you it's going to be X, so I got quite excited. I was going to be really well paid, and the last minute they've chipped me down a little bit, and it's right. like now I feel a bit negative about the whole yeah, thing. Yeah, they got you by the balls, though. I know because I need a job, and it's not like I had loads of loads of options. Right. They weren't, and, and you'd be you surprised people it, weren't all coming after me right, for work. It's amazing. From it, then wait next, right? So you have something. Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, you, it doesn't have to be permanent. There's no shortage of jobs out there that you can get that you'll hate. So. Uh, <laughs> You know, they're, yeah. they're readily available. But anyway, um, great show last week. I want to thank uh, it was. Terrence the Heat Coffin and uh, Scrap and and Coach uh, Culture on the show. It was really good. I went back and listened to it. And this guy's a lot of information. And great, I mean, the, their knowledge of uh, boxing and, and, the, and their skill set is unreal. So when I get to work with these guys, you know, it's it's an honor for me, and I learn a lot. And, and the quality from being with the guys I know and been affiliated with, it, we get to bring uh, some new interesting perspectives on boxing. I don't get into the, the ins and outs of whatever the fuck I'm teaching. I just say, ah, oh, that's just some Bruce Lee shit. You know, that's about as deep as it gets. <laughs> that's all they need to know. It's some kung fu, you know, and they, and they, they like it. But it was good. But anyway, um, hey, man, let's get right to it. I, I have, of course, we're going to touch on some things. What would you get to today? But we got... Uh, a real special guest. Uh, known this guy for a long time. Tom, do you have a special introduction, or do you want me to? No, not really. I'll tell you what. You you fire away, and I'll. I'll All right. So you this guy, I, I I I've known for for a lot of years. Very very fortunate. He's my older JKD brother, <laughs> and uh, he's very well known. Super talented guy. Has been kind of in the mix of things for Jesus. I bet you over twenty years of training with Tim Tackett and Bob Bremer and Jim Sewell and Dennis Blue and a who's who in that world. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, help me welcome the one, the only, Jeremy Lynch. Jeremy, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> All right, man. I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm glad. I'm glad we got you on the show. For some reason, yeah. why did we not get Jeremy on sooner? What What was the disconnect? Um, do you not like him? No, I, I'll tell you what it is. <laughs> right, it is what I don't want this show to become is all about one martial art. And I, I don't want I don't want it to be all about the Wednesday night group within that one martial art. Right. So. I want to like spread it out through having these guys. I, I want to have all these guys on. And actually, um, we've had quite a few requests to get you on, Jeremy. Like your fan yeah. club has been literally <laughs> writing to us. Those are all me under different names, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's got but yeah, seriously, we've had, we've had requests. 
I'll say that I think the reason with the, the issue with Tom is that I have a better British accent than he does. <laughs> that's, that's very true. Uh, there's a little bit of a jealousy thing going on. I, there is, there is. There. That's so funny. <laughs> Wait, like Jeremy, were you upset you weren't on the show sooner? Or you didn't really give a shit. <laughs> I wasn't. In, you know, I know. I, I basically I had heard from Tom and from other people that it wasn't all about yeah one thing. Right. So yeah. I wasn't upset. I assume you guys had a full schedule and no, nah, no, you were, you were on the, always on the list. It's just funny that took. Hey. You would think you'd yeah. be the first. Have you been listening to the show, Jeremy? Oh yeah. I have been listening to everything. All right. Because <laughs> there's going to be a test at the end. There's a <laughs> test. Yeah. I hope you started. That guy. There's a guy named Tim Tackett that came on one time. Uh, Who was? A long, was long time ago. Yeah, <laughs> that, right. That, that's so funny. That, so you went. You went out to. To California when you were how old to train with these guys? How Eighteen. I'm actually, but yeah, I've been doing Jeet Kune Do for 28 years. I started in 1990. What did you did you start it out in the Midwest or you started? No, I, I'm actually, I'm actually from uh, Was the Washington D.C. area. I was born in D.C., so I'm from the East Coast. Right. Um, and so I actually was just visiting California in 1990, and I had bought a book uh, by Tim Tackett called "It's the Original June Fan Jeet Kune Do, the Textbook." Right. Great book. Yeah, it's great. But I bought it through Inside Kung Fu. I was very excited, but it hadn't shown up yet. So the funny thing was, I was I was due to come back. My dad says, calls me up and says, uh, "Your book arrived. Do you want me to send it to you, or you want to wait two weeks or three weeks or whatever and come back home and just read it then?" I said, "Send it." And so Tim, uh, Sifu Tim Tackett had actually pr published his phone number and address uh, in the cover. Yeah, like all I didn't the books, I realized like, no shit. That is so yeah. ridiculous. That would never. You have the old today. copy, right? So yeah, you funny. go find it. It's it's the old seven one four area code back when back when Redlands was still had the same area code as like the L A area oh, and all that. But wow. yeah, so I I was just about to go back to I actually lived in Virginia at the time and I was just about to go home and I said I've been looking for Jeet Kune Do I was the biggest fan right. of Bruce Lee and I said oh man I was really nervous I called Tim up like uh, I give him my whole background I studied Taekwondo <laughs> under Junior and and uh, Judo right. and uh, Karate and he says ah, well you know come over Wednesday night. You know, right. and I think they were charging thirty bucks a month at the time. I thought they were going to charge a thousand or two thousand a month, and right. I was like, I, "I'll figure it out. You'll I got to do out, something." Right? I had no, not even a penny in my pocket, right. but my mom had money, so. Ah, that's <laughs> so I just moved here. I just, I just called my dad up and said, um, "I found you can do." That's so, so funny. I've been committed. I joined a cult. <laughs> yeah, exactly, on. and it was. That is so. That is so funny. So, do you think Tim regrets putting his number in the phone book now? <laughs> you know, it's. I think now. Room. I think now he he regrets having so many people that still call him because I've been running that class for oh, seven or eight years now, yeah. where you know, he's mostly retired. And Most before, I mean, I always taught, but he was all of us. He came out, I came out. Dennis was there. Lloyd was there. Right. You know, and uh, Barry was there. I mean, all kinds of people were teaching. Of course, I'm talking after Jim Sewell and Bob stopped teaching. Uh, but. Right. You know, Bob Bremer, of course, but he, he still says, you know, these guys are calling me just <laughs> he says, or, or email here. Ford's email to him. Take care of this guy, he says. That's great. So I, so I take so, him so, out. So at 18, so you've been doing martial, whatever, traditional stuff out in D.C. Where'd you, did you actually grow up in the city of D.C. or around? No, there? very close, though. I mean, Silver Spring, Maryland is oh, really yeah, close yeah, to sure. D.C. That's where our buddy yeah. Kevin was, uh, Beal was living for a while in Silver yeah. Spring. So I would go down there quite frequently. I like D.C. It's a, it's a nice uh, nice place to go to 
And then so at 18, you went out there, and then you accidentally discovered Tim. Even you knew a JKD was, yeah. I'm assuming, honestly, right? Oh yeah, I was the uh, biggest Bruce Lee fan, you know, in the world. And, and I had visited my mom two years previous in 1988. Your mom and, you moved, know, there's no moved out in California. Yes, yeah, okay. my mom lived in California, so <laughs> no internet. So we right. got. I, I said, can you take me to L.A. so we can go look through the phone books and find Dan Inosanto? I had no idea how to find his school. Wow, that's so funny. We, were, we went just to the city of Los Angeles, and, went to and we were going booth? through phone books. <laughs> yeah, we were looking at the phone books. And I was all, my mom sent me back in to get dressed because I was all dressed in blue. I had blue sweat, blue sweat top. And she's like, no, you got to change that. Those are gang colors. <laughs> I'm gang from Virginia. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You know. That's <laughs> so. so funny. Little side story there, exactly. but yeah, we, we I, I never found him. I found this place in Redlands. Right. I won't say the name of the martial art, but um, it was Hopto Sul. But um, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> there was a guy on Orange Street, and it basically was a mixed martial art. And uh-huh. so I, I went there and I said, Well, this is close enough to JKD, I think they're mixing stuff together. Gotta be, JKD. and yeah, it's just like it. And then the first thing their black belt comes out and says, Our master uh, was roommates with Bruce Lee and he beat up Bruce Lee all the time. And all. And I said, right. Okay. And I turned around and walked, around, walked out. <laughs> he gave and, hand jobs to Bruce Lee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> years later, years oh, later, shit. one the of their stuff top that people, you know, I, yeah. I don't know. But, you know, they, 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 if, you, if you were in the same room with him, like you trained him and did something, yes. the, the shit talk is amazing. You know? But, oh, I know. You know, exactly. Well, that's funny. The funny thing is, years later, um, when Dennis had his school, Dennis Blue, yeah, um, and I and uh, Louis Berard were his 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 advanced students, his assistant instructors, yeah, yeah. and all that. The, the 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 head one of the head instructors from that studio came over to train, and he was like, "Can we spar?" But he watched like our Muay Thai class first. And this is a their their style is a Korean style, you know that they came from. So they came over, and the guy right. says, hey, "Can I spar?" But I just I don't want you guys to kick. <laughs> he <laughs> said he didn't <laughs> want us to kick. And so uh, so Louis sparred with them, and, and Louis, uh, I think the way, it was right after. Louis, Louis is a badass. He really is. A yeah, tough Louis dude. is a badass. Right. He started right right after I did, within like six months or three months or something. It was like so we were tra- and we trained together like every night for for a few, a few years. But yeah, he just he just wiped the floor with this guy. The guy was real polite afterwards too. It was nice. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Then, but there I, you. Hey, by the way, speaking of Louis, I did run. Louis was down in where the hell was I? I was in Mississippi or Tennessee or something like that. I forget where it was. Alabama, who knows where it was? But Louis was not far from there. It's a Navy base doing something, and came really? and visited with me. Yeah, maybe five years ago, four years ago. Oh wow! Last time I saw him, but he out of the blue. I'm teaching. It might be in Meridian, Mississippi. Maybe that's where it was. And uh, but anyway, I'm teaching this this little seminar there and. Lo and behold, Louis comes in the door. You know, it's like what, like what are you doing, dude? You're lost. You know, what are you doing here? Of all obscure places on the planet to be, but he's showing up there. But that's funny. Oh man. So, so then you're there and you're ta- so when you tell tell me the first time. So after you get a hold of Tacky, he says, "Come on over." What happened? Okay, so I yeah I showed up very nervous, and this is the this is the funny thing I didn't you know I had I had actually already had magazine articles it turned out that had Tim Tackett in them. There was this Bruce Lee special uh, edition. I still have it uh, that I got in like '88 with him and Chris wow. Kent doing it, doing some art. It was called. Yeah. It was funny because I don't think he would write an article like this. Now it's called the Jeet Kune Do Kali Connection. Oh uh, it yeah, was yeah. <laughs> So the merging of Kali and JKD. Right. No, this was pre. 
Yeah, this is pre-Bremer though, right? Yeah. And so Bob Bremer, uh, it turns out, was standing there in the garage when I showed up. This was right when he started showing up to the garage. I was lucky. I was right there with Bert, and Bob's just that starting to show up. fucking amazing. And Bob, for, yeah, yeah. Right, was, anyway, he was, uh, you didn't know who he was, I guess, when you walked in. I didn't know who he was because he didn't write articles. He was never interested right. in being an instructor. Yeah, and so, yeah, he's like, uh, he's standing there just looking at the pictures in the garage, and I'm thinking, oh, wait. <laughs> Tim Tackett takes them pretty old. Yeah. <laughs> <He> takes some <laughs> old students here. Yeah. Oh, well, you know, I'll there. try not to hurt this guy. That's you know? so great. So he's, I started talking to him, and he starts telling me stuff about Bruce Lee. So me being the biggest Bruce Lee fan, of you know, I, I, I start correcting him. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> actually, it was this long, and it was it was his fight lasted this long, and he did this kind of technique, you know. And, and what's Bob, and Bob doing this whole time? Well, as you're telling just, him this shit. He's just smiling. He's and he goes. Finally, he goes. Is that right? So he never says anything to me. So later, this guy named Mark. Um, I never no, remember his last name. Mark. Uh, he was one of Tim Tackett's uh, drama Mark students. That. Is that guy? No. It could Mark be. Mark He was. Yeah, he was a, a drama student from from high school from Tim's. Uh-huh. Uh, but he 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 comes up to me later. And he goes, "That guy over there, that's like Bruce Lee's best student." And I'm like, "Oh man, I feel like a freaking <laughs> idiot." <you know? laughs> and I'm just recounting everything I corrected him on and everything that's I told him. And he never leaving says, the garage. I'm like, Let me, like, I want yeah. to get out of here. <laughs> like I have to go. <laughs> I have to go. So, my yeah. mom so, so that we had Sonny Bygum, who is who is uh, right. one of the original Navy SEALs. You know, he was one. There's still the underwater underwater uh, demolition team, yeah. and uh, it became the seals while he was still there. Uh, we had Bert Poe, who was just this um, this amazing, like just fight. He was like an assassin with hands or with weapons. Right. You know, he was a, he he was, was a marine. I, I've always seen the. I've seen, he, I I came into the into play years after his passing, so he was a pretty interesting guy, Bert. Right? I mean, he kind of just knew a lot of neat shit somehow. Yeah, and that was the thing is like his stuff was so efficient right. that Sifu, uh, Tim Tackett did not feel that it conflicted with Jeet Kune Do, and I and I had to agree. It was always very quick, like, but it was funny because he was a boxing champion, so he was either showing us boxing or how to kill somebody with your hands. And, <laughs> <laughs> and Tim says, one day, "Can you show us something in the middle?" He's like, "No, no. <laughs> if you're if you're boxing or you're, you're killing. killing," and he would say, so awesome. "He'd say martial arts. He'd say." Um, War. You'd ask him about the martial arts. He said, "War is about killing people and breaking things." He's right. says, that was his quote. And you know, people they forget that martial arts is the art of war. Right. They think it's in the '80s. It's the uh, use as little force as possible so that the guy can come after you again yeah, right. a little good, bit later. Yeah, good, good thinking. <laughs> so, so Jeremy, like when you first joined this group, um, was it instantly recognizable how how good everything was and then there was always this talk of kind of a shift um in the way you looked at things when bob showed up as as a group um well, and you're talking yeah. about all these kind of ex-military guys and that kind of thing i mean i mean the groups the wednesday rock night group is pretty different if i compare them to say you know some of the concepts guys do you want to yes. kind of let us talk about that a little bit yeah yeah so what, what so, the, it so unique it would I, and i and i think again i was there um, and Dennis was there much before I was, of course, but I was there at a very interesting time because the 
the the the curriculum let's say was was very concepts i think oriented in that there was uh, I, I shouldn't say concepts it was it was very it was a lot of different arts it, we, we we would do a silat section we would do a muay thai section so you segmented we would a, them off so you just right so half hour of kung fu a half hour well, of this i don't even know if it was segmented because i think that we were kind of considering that it was jeet kundo and i and i was oh. excited as could be i was right. new to it and it was one day Bob would kind of mumble something under his breath, and it sounded a little something like, are you shitting me? You know? <laughs> and uh, you remember that, right? Oh, yeah. Are you shitting so, me, boy? Yeah. So Tim would say, what, 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 what are you saying? And he'd say, Bruce wouldn't do anything like that. And I'm, I'm not bagging on, on any style or anything. I'm talking about he would, Bob would start speaking up, right. you know, and saying, well, like, some, some particular thing we were doing. Um, was was just not efficient, and so so Tim would encourage him and say, "We'll say something." He goes, "Well, by the time you're finished talking about the technique, I forgot what I was going to say." So he told him, "Just blurt it out, <laughs> just blurt out." So so a lot of times Bob would get with one person, and he'd be over there in the corner talking to them, and we'd we'd all get real quiet and suddenly surround him and try to hear what he had to say. But he, yeah, he, he started, he started speaking up and, you know, let me, let me just back up and say yeah. when Dennis had his school, I was very fortunate to be in a, in his Muay Thai class and his Kali class, those were separated and I was very uh, lucky and very happy to be in those. And so I'm not, I'm not saying that it was bad that we were training that no, stuff, no, but, no. but the, the issue was what was Jeet Kune Do? And Bob was looking at it going, well, when I trained with Bruce, he gave us a very specific set of instructions, and it was all focused on efficiency, economy of motion, and direct – very specifically directness, like straight line directness you know, to intercept and things like that. Also, not doing any passive movement but to intercept. And I mean, you know, of course, as a fighter, you're going to do passive movements if you have to or what. But I mean in your training. And so I was there when Bob sort of started – speaking up and started uh st and, and we shifted like we we would look at bob we'd be doing a technique and he he got this idea he said you got to learn to train with jkd glasses on he called us being Very a long. jkd -er. right yeah it's, yeah we got to look at the so we would do you know we were going through some of the grappling systems at the time right. and he was he's saying look at this as a street fighter you know he would say can you put your fingers in his eyes can he put your his fingers in your eyes Right. You know, and we're sitting there with our faces right over. Well, he, we don't think the guy can punch us, but his fingers are right there. And so, we, we, yeah, we really uh, – it really changed the way we looked at our training. And it, it can sometimes backfire. We encourage our students to question a lot of stuff, and we have a few guys that question everything the moment it comes out of your mouth. Right. And I'm just like, look, drill. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but, right. but, yeah, I mean it's good to question. It's good you, to, to check this stuff Do you know out. what a burpee is? Now you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'll see you in 30 minutes. Right. <laughs> yeah, because it's true. But I was, what the hell was I? I was in California. And shoot, you should encourage questions. And by the way, there is such thing as stupid questions. So yes, let there me are. tell you different. There's a shitload of stupid questions. The majority of questions are stupid. But I'm somewhere doing something. And, um, and you know, you get, I'm sure, look, I'm sure you both have experienced this. And, you know, what if this? What if that? Yes. And then I'm sitting, I'm, I was, doing whatever it was. I don't even remember what I was teaching. And this is like the 30th time the what if question. And I look over him at him and I said, what if I just come over there and kick your ass? <laughs> That's exactly how I answered the situation. <laughs> Everybody laughed. But I think I was kind of serious. I was like, enough with the what ifs. We can't go down every single road. 
It's not yes. possible. You'll never get yeah. anything done. It'll be a philosophy class. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like if you're moving off. Well, well, that's the whole idea. If anytime you throw a punch or a kick, you're creating an opening on yourself. Right. And it's like if you throw a jab. What if I catch it? Right. Oh, then just don't just don't throw a jab anymore. Then that's it's obviously right. give a up useless on the jab. Punch. It doesn't work. Yeah. The guy caught it. A guy guy covered. A guy. You know. It's like yes, people might counter. The whole idea is we're giving you some tools. Right. Then you spar and you start to learn how to use those tools. <laughs> well, one of the lectures I would give people, I said, listen, everything that we teach you, everything yes. from the Wednesday night group, everything works 100% of the time. But there's one one caveat to that. There's one thing that can fuck this up, and that is you. So don't that be is you. up. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, everything works 100% of the time. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is true. Yeah, the, the, we do look at Jeet Kune Do sometimes as a magic formula. Right. And people are shocked if a JKD guy, a guy trained under me or trained under somebody, he got beaten in a fight. I mean, it's not that I hear that happening very much because right. usually the guys that aren't very good kind of know it and they avoid the fighting, I think. Right, but it's like, no, if you learn Jeet Kune Do, you cannot possibly lose a fight. If you've if you've learned the magic techniques from Bruce Lee and the and the and the Cantonese names for the trapping and right. you know there's no way to lose and it's like yeah it's called you know you might have one guy that doesn't train hard that's never been in a fight that has no emotional content or fighting spirit and you've got some other guy who's who's a pit bull that he he's not easily hurt well, yeah. and so you know there's yeah there's all kinds of caveats to that yeah. and. No People doubt. are very disappointed to, to hear that, though. It was the best. So, so when you, so when Bob started coming out and teaching, I'm, now, would it be a was it would Bob kind of spearheaded that, and Tim, as you said, encourage it? Would Bert, Poe, or Sonny jump in as well, or Dennis? Or was it pretty much like Bob have the stage and kind of run with what he said? Well, what yeah, what happened was Bob was very, uh, un like uncomfortable with the spotlight. Yeah, and again, again, this this was what made me him so authentic because you know a lot of the guys that took from Bruce were out there to make a name for themselves. Yes. They were out there to to sell the the, the fact that they touched Bruce Lee's arm one day in, yeah. in a class, and so that means they sparred with him, and you know, and all this. And Bob and Jim Sewell were the most honest guys. Like Jim Sewell was like, you know, I didn't really know him that well. He was my teacher, and I was really impressed. There was a lot of guys that knew him better than me. I mean, he's just honest as could be. And and Bob was like, I knew him. I was there on Sundays, and he said he said uh, when when we started spar sparring on Sundays, he said most of the guys, the famous names, found religion. But all of a sudden, <laughs> 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 that's and, a great and was, line. I never heard that. Was guys, yeah, it was there. They were there on Sundays though until the sparring started. And then Bob said it was me. Sometimes Daniel Lee, and and he goes. Uh, him and Bruce would be just in the garage messing around. But yeah, so what happened was with the with the format was Bob was it was hard to get Bob to just stand there and talk. So what what uh, Tim Tackett would do, he would say, "Hey, show him the hammer principle. Show him the hammer principle." And and you got to kind of get him going. And oh, and he kind of joke around a little bit. Well, I don't know. And he just kind of poke in the eyes real quick. And and then you get him talking, and he did this amazing job of talking about like we didn't understand what they we nobody knew what the hammer principle was. Bruce right. Lee had been working on it and had shown him. And uh, you know, and so this was something that that he showed us and it was this amazing entering technique mm -hmm. and uh, you know or, or training method or whatever. But but what happened was is like you had you would have Bert Poe have a section where he would teach. And because this was Tim Tackett's class from from way back from like uh, I don't know in the maybe the late 70s, 
he had just he had started teaching, and then he'd go over to his friend Frank's house afterwards to drink beer and whatnot. And uh, you know, I remember getting invited to the first one of those. You feel really honored. I get to go. And I don't drink, but I'll just sit there and watch. <laughs> <laughs> but but then Dennis would teach about fifteen to twenty minutes, and uh, you know, and then Sonny died unfortunately very quickly after. Like I was there one year, and he he had a heart. Uh, problem because of a diving accident uh, is what I had heard. And so he, he was there for like a year and he taught some stuff, but Bert would show his stuff, a lot of hurting people's stuff and just killing people and breaking things and all that. And then they'd get Bob and then Tim would teach. And as we went on though, everybody would sort of teach and sort of look to Bob say, well, he, he kind of give him the nod or, or whatever, you know, right. and, and we keep going. But but more and more, we were able to pull stuff out of Bob and even get him to start talking at seminars. Right. But he, he never... T- he's quite articulate, by the way, and can actually speak. Yeah. And, and when you get him rolling, I guess when he feels comfortable with you and kind of bold, I mean, he's yeah. got a tremendous amount, obviously, you know, far more than I, of information and great stories and really well, <laughs> a, a great guy. Now, now when you we were doing it after all this happened, now, do you think it was like... And Tim had pulled a lot of this information, and Tim was the one who was the facilitator of putting all these yes. guys together. He was br- he's still bringing that of getting talented guys together and kind of pulling the best out of them, and also bringing the <clears> best <throat> out of them. because yes. I have found him to be a, a tremendous teacher. Uh, mm. oh, yeah. You know, he just really can bring it out. And there were things I remember telling a story. Uh, well, first time I trained with Tim, I knew who he was, but the first time I actually trained with him. In Texas, I think it was. Um, and I had been doing JKD, a variety of different people for years, you know, like we all have. And not, nothing yeah. against any of those individuals, but uh, when, when Tackett did it, the, what I said to him, I went up to Tim and I said, oh, that's what JKD is. And he uses that. He <laughs> still tells that story to this day because it yes. wasn't anything that I had seen before. I saw a lot of yeah. other stuff. And, and eye-opening. It was able to really break down these really simple te- techniques and how to break it down these minute details and i still use that today even when i go and i work with these world-class boxers you know what i'm teaching some shit tim or bob shows me that's why i just say it's bruce lee shit it just it's an easier way instead of getting in all the detail and and how to move this way so and i gotta tell you it works brilliantly you know yeah uh but uh, but uh, he was so tim he obviously like he was a, a huge huge influence on you and you've been there, and, and oh, yeah. when was the first time that he asked you to teach? What did you do? Um, okay, so what happened was I was assisting all the time. So Dennis had a school open the, pretty you quick. You were a stuntman, meaning assisting, being thrown around? Uh, yeah, uh, um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, <laughs> right, and, and Tom, at how's the that seminars... work, Tom? You like that, don't you, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a natural Look, transition. It is an it. honor, but you go through. So let me. Yes. Know, so you start off, okay, you're, you're nobody. And then all of a sudden they ask you. Yeah. Well, you know, Jeremy looks like he can take a really good beating. So let's bring yeah. Jeremy up here. Let's throw Jeremy around. And Jeremy can sort of teach it. But there is an honor yep. to that. We all have to go through yes. that stuntman phase. At some point, though, <laughs> do you think we just become too old to be stuntmen? Or just I we, think can't, so. then we can't be beaten up like that anymore? I mean, I've been teaching for 25 years. Right. And, I was, and I'm finally, you know, and I'm finally like, I've been teaching Jeet Kune Do for 25 years. Right. And, I'm, and I'm finally like, you know, I think I'm a little. I'm too old now to get tossed around. I mean, I'm not afraid. Yeah. I'm just. I don't think my body, my knees will come out. It's like right, joint, right. my hips will go. And so it's like if, if I see Dennis 
peering around in the audience for somebody. I shove one of my students forward. <laughs> there you go. This is a young man right here. He's only had one back surgery. <laughs> right, because in the heat of that moment when Dennis or someone's throwing you around and yeah. doing shit, you know. Yeah, it's just like, oh. You know, and, you know, the reason that's done, too, is because you know what you're doing, and you can go with the motion. And, yes. Right? So yes. It is funny. That is funny. So, so, yeah, but, so, you were, so you were student teaching for a while. You were helping out. Then you eventually just – over, yeah, I had one. It was funny. One guy was looking for private lessons. His yeah. name was Eric Boucher. Oh, and Eric, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, you know him. So I said he he was sent. Tim sent him to me. He said he said go go to Jeremy. I think he's interested in teaching. And so, <laughs> but, but <laughs> so true. so Dennis had already had a school. I was already assistant teaching, meaning I was actually running classes. You know, following his uh, curriculum and his teaching plan, sort of. Like, I think I sort of like uh, I believe uh, Dan and Asanto did when Bruce was out of the country. He was still running the actual uh, lesson plans and everything. Gotcha. So Dennis would give me exactly what to teach. Same with uh, Louis Berard. He would. We we were both sort of in that position. Um, and so I was, yeah, I was kind of helping. And so they said, oh, he can teach. And then as they realized, I was able to do like the sidekick. I could yeah. just explode and send people. I, I mean, I can still kick pretty hard, but I used to send people flying out of the garage, yeah. you know, and I, 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 I used to have to rem remember to check somebody's weight. I hit a guy, I think he was like 140 pounds. The guy went flying out, landed on his elbows on the concrete. Ooh. I mean, he, I mean, he was airborne about, he was at least four or five feet off the ground. Right. And I felt really bad. Guy never came back. And I was just like, but, but I think, I think Sifu Tackett liked it. He would say, he'd say, oh yeah, first guy here, the guy's here for the first night. Have him hold the shield, sidekick him. <laughs> but, but it was like, as I was, as we'd go to seminars. It's like when Bruce Lee yeah. does it, what, in Game of Death, right? Six yeah, yeah. Because you can't yeah, kick it's... like a mule. Yeah, it's, it's and I look like one too. <laughs> but, it's, but it's like, I, you know, I, I went out. They used to call me out at the seminars and say, "Hey, can you show the sidekick or teach yeah. the sidekick?" Or, and I had, you know, being in Taekwondo, I knew how to get my hip over and all that. And then I had watched the video of Bruce from Way of the Dragon and frame by framed it as much as you could on a VHS tape, yeah. you know, with the flagging and everything. Yeah, I've, I've and, done uh, that with dirty movies. Okay, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's basic idea. It's kind of the and, same idea. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, I try to see the, yeah, anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, and one day I was doing the kick, and I remember Bob Bremer said, hey, stop, you see that, you see that? And he said, do it again, and he pointed at my standing foot, and my yeah. heel was aimed down the center line towards the target. Yes. Nobody else was doing that. Right. Well, probably Dennis was. Dennis. But, I mean, of, of, the, of the regular students... Um, it was it was actually my Taekwondo background that I had noticed that Bruce Lee also had his heel turned, but right. there's a difference in that, you know in the chambering and all that. But sure. but that particular part of it, and Bob Bob it was by seeing me do it that it triggered him. He's like that's the way we should be doing that, and that's and so you'll see a lot of stuff is is that, that I teaches and Dennis teaches and even Tim Tackett teaches is very um, technique oriented, and it seems sometimes like we beat it to death. But it's like down – there's a reason. There's different muscles activated when you rotate the hip over and all that. And so anyways, those are the little things. They'd start to have me teach this and then the hook kick. And I, I could do a lead leg hook kick almost oh, as yeah. powerful as the rear leg kick, high roundhouse kick. And so – but that was back when I was still – I mean I still kick okay. Like my students go, wow, you kick so hard. I'm like I think I'm at about a twelfth <laughs> of what I used to be right. as far as – 
able to hit, but but uh, wait, just go have uh, Jim McCann hit or something, and you'll you'll see some power. You can look, yeah. you can't make it. but you look, you can still write. You, I, I can't kick like I used to kick, and I was never the kicker you are or were, and um, and but you can still teach it. You know, that at some point your body, I guess, will revolt at some levels. I'm like, eh, I can't really do this anymore. But I have students who can do some crazy ninja shit. You know, and why not let them do it? I'm not one of them yeah. anymore. <laughs> You're not climbing trees anymore with claws nah, in your hands. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I gave that up. I gave that up. So that was over. But anyway, so 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 that you're teaching, and now you guys, some years later in the in the JKD, we or the Wednesday night group. Now, what after this? What was the? When did it kind of go from being just the garage group to sort of what it became? Was there a yeah. thought process to that? And then we'll talk about the Chinatown and stuff you're doing now and stuff. But was there, I, I don't, did Tim and you guys sit down and go, okay, we need to make this bigger, bring it to more people, or did it just kind of happen organically? You know, it was funny because we we knew we needed a website, and I was getting just then into computer stuff. Exactly. And Louis, uh, I think Louis sort of spearheaded finding a company to put a uh, a, 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 a kind of a, what we would consider now a cheap website. It had the terrible sound effects, like like the sticks hitting together when you go over every button and all ah, that. But but, ah, ah. but it was something. It was terrible. something. Yes, it was. It was. <laughs> but I, you know, and I started managing that, and I started, you know, as I got more and more into the computer stuff and technology and everything, I, I started managing that site, and we had a forum, and we really were able to get. Uh, to get people interested to come on the forum and talk and ask questions. And um, it wasn't yet, there wasn't a lot of people yet that had the, the broadband, even DSL. It was, it was just here and there. So it wasn't really easy to put video clips up yet. But as time went on, we started doing that. But uh, we, we set up our first camp and we did it like the old times. We did it up in a little mountain place here uh, close to Forest Falls. That, that's not too far from the, from the garage. Mm, yeah. And, and um, we did a couple there, and then there were some issues where I just people wanted to have them in bigger, bigger venues and all that. But it was it was kind of strange because I think people knew who Tim was because of his books. You know, everybody used to look at Inside Kung Fu, and you'd see the you know the magazine or the or Black Belt magazine, and you'd see the articles. But then there's always his books were being advertised, including his Xing Yi books from way back right. in the '70s or whatever. And uh, but yeah, it's like. It just kind of snowballed, and all of a sudden, people were wanting to come train with us. And and right off the bat, you know, I was I was already teaching, so I had a section that I'd teach. And but it was like always kicking. You know, you'll be teaching kicking, ah, and I was ah, like, uh, that why? Well, because for years. you're the guy that yeah, you're the guy that can kick. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I punch just as well. Right. <laughs> but anyways, I was kind of you know it, it sort of took off from there, and right. you know we just kind of kept expanding and and putting out stuff on on the websites and we got involved with other people like you and, and then it was and all over it was over with <laughs> right and we just hang it up <laughs> no but you know people people that actually can get people together to show up to a seminar because it's like we were never great at promoting ourselves no i just yeah, I, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we were lucky i think that people because the thing is if people were truly seeking jeet Kune Do, once they showed up they were they were sold they were oh, like yeah. wow this is like you were like this is different Right. And it's not because like what we talked about before, I mean, people will say, Jeet Kune Do is whatever you want. Well, then it's nothing. It's nothing. You know, and, and especially if you if it's one thing 
the the stuff with Bruce Lee's uh, philosophy that that confuses people. There should be a difference between what a teacher learns and then teaches mm-hmm. and then your own personal Jeet Kune Do. But people want to teach their own personal Jeet Kune Do. They want to say, well, I I learned, you know, crane uh, crane kung fu, and so that's in my Jeet Kune Do. But they they'll actually ignore certain principles. And I'm just picking that out of the air. I don't have anything against crane kung fu. I don't even know right. much about it. But I mean, is uh, the the idea is that the principles of directness, the actual principles of economy of motion, and and all this kind of stuff will actually be thrown away. And I was interviewing uh, Tim Tackett just recently for a little video, a little free video that's going to be put out, uh-huh. and. He was saying – he said that uh, he thinks that the art of interception has been lost in Jeet Kune Do, the art of the inter- the way That's of the so intercepting funny. fist. Yeah, it's true. It's, yeah, everybody covers and responds, and they're doing this drill and that drill and this drill. But Bob Bremer was the one that told me four corners is bread and butter Jeet Kune Do. Four corners is the mechanism that teaches you to be an intercepting fighter uh, with your hands at least. Yeah. You know, intercepting with your, with your hands, and uh, so that's why it's it's very central to what we teach. And uh, but but yeah, it's like uh, we were we were sort of lucky to have people show up. Uh, but once they did, it, the word of mouth was pretty good. Yeah, oh, yeah. you know. So I mean that, that, and then you know we have we had people like uh, Mike Blesh would handle ended up making the website bit way better than it was, sure. and and all that kind of stuff, and 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 that that helped out quite a bit. Jeremy, just for like for, for the benefit of the listeners who maybe don't know that much about Jeet Kune Do or, or they know about you know their what they perceive to be JKD, could you sort of just run through the differences? I guess from what people who are following the early stages of Bruce Lee, where it's a bit more kind of Win Chun based, um, the tail end, the Chinatown stuff that you guys do, and the kind of concepts stuff that that. Um, where some people have taken it off in, in a totally different direction that may, maybe isn't necessarily in line with what Bruce would have taught. So could you, could you sort of out, outline those differences for, for our listeners? Sure, yeah. I mean, um, so obviously Bruce Lee, if, if you know anything about Bruce I say obviously, assuming people know about Bruce Lee and his philosophy, but uh, the idea was that he was always evolving and, and there's, there's a big – people come at me like, like Bruce's writings are scripture, you know, and they'll say, well, he said here. And, you know, and I'm like, you guys have to remember he was writing notes for himself, never expecting that everyone was going to take every word he ever wrote and publish them and say this is the Bible of fighting. And so, yeah, he's going to dis- – because he was evolving. He was changing. He was growing, and he was trying to learn more about himself and about the human being. And so um, – when he, you know, when he came, he was doing Wing Chun, and Bob, the way Bob Bremer told it, <laughs> he was he he was very respectful about uh, Yip Man and what he had learned there. When he got to Washington, the university there, he saw the big football players, and realized that he didn't like the passive sort of stance that that he was taking against these big guys that would just kind of charge in and want to just slam me to the ground, maybe take a punch or two to the head. Right. Especially because of his body size, I and mean, he was very aware that he was smaller than a lot of the American football players that he was going to school with. This is according to Bob Bremer, who said Bruce, you know, told him these stories personally. And so um, he, so as he started to evolve, you know, he left, he left the Wing Chun training and, and everything in in that school in in Washington, and 
he started creating uh, Jeet Kune Do after you know the famous fight with Wong Jack Man that lasted three minutes, mm-hmm. and uh, he he was you know he beat the guy, but it was a lot of chasing him around, straight blasting, and he was so exhausted that he said, "I never want to feel like this again." There's got to be a better way. So he went into creating the the Jeet Kune Do stuff and started to work in on his physical form, and this was kind of unheard of for martial artists at the time. They they it was like the old uh, Shaolin stuff. You just right carry water buckets and stuff and, and, and maybe uh, just practice Kung Fu all day, Gung Fu. And so, you know, as he evolved, he, he, in, the, in the Oakland school, he was creating Jeet Kune Do, this idea of this, this fencing idea uh, of, of that strong hand in front, that, that, that very dangerous lead weapon that, that would stop somebody. It's like, you know, people will say, well, I choose, I'm a JKD guy, but I put, I put my weak side in front. That's like saying, you know, I'll put, I'll put a saber in my weak hand and train that. And it's like, yeah, you can do that, but most sword fighters wouldn't, you know? And again, you know, and, and the whole stance thing, that's a whole other thing. You know, the idea eventually is to be without, without a stance or without a lead. You, you just need to be comfortable wherever you end up. But, but the idea is when you're talking about intercepting that first moment in a fight, Bruce was, Bruce was looking at this, those, that initial clash, you wanted his strong side in front, and you wanted it to be able to cause maximum damage for the first from the first movement. And so, as as he went on, yes, he was evolving, and he kept saying, you know, he didn't believe in styles because he always felt like he was going to be changing. And I, and I'll be the first to admit, we don't know where he would have gone, but we know that the principles of Jikundo are very found, uh, are very solid, sure. and and they they make uh, like like the shortest dis- distance between between two points is a straight line that's not going to change no matter what style you get into so you can you can use the principles that you learn and and yes it'll help your your art that you're already using um but the idea is that at some point uh people started uh you know and tim tackett tells the story dan and asato never um he didn't want to advertise bruce lee's jeet kune do and that, that, and he was he was growing. He was learning many other things, and according to uh, to to Sufi Tackett, is that um, he would go to teach a seminar, and people would say Bruce Lee's martial art. They would just they would bill it bill it as that, yeah. and so finally he would say, well, you can say it's the concepts because we're absorbing what's useful. We're learning, you know, and I don't know what I and I can't speak for uh, for Dan and Asanto or, or Guru Dan or whatever people call him, um, but I. I I respect him highly. I think that he's one of the most amazing martial artists out there. Uh, I, but, but again, I, I think that the daily decrease with a lot of the martial arts out there that Bruce Lee talked about was lost. This idea of, uh, bec- and it's because of commercialization. It is, and you see this with our group. This is one of the biggest things we run into. That's a problem with the Wednesday night group. Yeah. Is how do we, how do we, se- how do we make money? And still be true to an art where you're supposed to simplify, because people get bored. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. A, tough, that's a tough. That is the million dollar question. So we, so Dennis and I are trying to just find different ways to drill things. We're still going to get to say, you know, and this is what we're doing now with the, with our with the Wednesday night group as a as a company mm-hmm. is we are taking the things that we've learned and we're we're making sure that we have many different ways to drill things and many different ways to test things and that way it doesn't become a stagnant uh, training of the right. exact same leg obstruction three thousand you know camps in a row, but at the same time we're not going into so many different directions that you lose the ability to fine tune your, yeah. your skill. 
and so so anyways you got the, many people think they're doing jeet kundo and i like i was i was at a fight He's like, oh guy's a jkd guy he comes out left lead his stance was obviously not a bai jong stance you know and it was it was shameful he stayed in you know this is a kickboxing match i mean uh-huh. you know there's it's a sport still it's hard to do jkd purely in in sport but sure. he he stayed in his corner and uh, and i'm like going well, I didn't see one aspect of Jeet Kune Do there. The the fluidity, the controlling the distance, the the strong side in front, the the intercepting, all of these are the fundamental keys to to being a what Bob would call a JKD or a JKD man, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, did I, I know, did I answer the question? What? Yeah. What's what's the difference then between a, a principle and a concept? Okay, so the concept will tell you, and and these are from conversations I've had. I've had people get mad at me because of an article I wrote or something, and they say, well, you can't define Jeet Kune Do, so you can't say that you have to do this or train that. It's whatever you want. Because I was there was an article I wrote years ago, and it actually got turned down by, uh, I think, by Black Belt Magazine at the time because it didn't have enough technique in it. It was more about, about Jeet Kune Do than it was training physical techniques. And, you know, they need to show stuff visually, so I, I understand. But it was called – it was like absorb what is useful. Uh, it, 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 I think question mark, something like that. And the idea was is that people take that phrase that Bruce says and says absorb what is useful, and so therefore they absorb everything. Yeah. And it – it's like, yeah, if you're showing a bunch of nonsense, it's like Bruce would look at arts and he would tell his guys, look at an art, but be prepared to throw everything away. If there's one good thing in there, keep that. That's what absorb what is useful, reject what is useless means. If people people want to absorb the whole thing. Oh, I studied, you know, 30 years in this style. I mean, I've known uh, Bruce Lee students that studied with him and then they went off after he died and did 20 years of Wing Chun. And then, and I was like, Bruce was going away from 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 a lot of stuff like the Tan Sao and any side side movement and all this. And it's different philosophies of philosophies of attack and everything. So, but but I'm saying is that Jeet Kune Do has a very forward aggressive forward energy sure. feeling to it. And so to go off and say oh, I'm going to spend 20 years on something else so I can understand Jeet Kune Do better, uh, I think that person lost it. And he was a Bruce Lee student. And I trained with him personally. And after training with Bob, I had been I was just sort of like, what is this? A lot of standing around and pretending, you know. And uh, so I, I uh, th- what I got from from some of the concept guys was that, well, you can't define this. You can't say. And so I said, well, here's the thing. Jikundo is the way of the intercepting fist. It is about intercepting. And. When we have gone to different camps, when our guys have gone to different like camps where it was multiple groups from all over the world, this little Wednesday night group garage, we always dominated. When they put the gloves on, when we hit pads, we were always the ones that were dominating because we were following what Bruce Lee had taught Bob Bremer. Right. You know, so it, 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 the proof is in the is in the pudding. You know. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Outside this, have you like you've been so because being in the group, you've been exposed to a ton of people a ton of uh, different martial arts. Uh, at the end of the day, it's purely JKD for you. You, you, you. I mean, you're doing boxing, kickball. You're doing a few di- different other things, but it's always at the yeah. end of the day, it's JKD for you. Or... Yeah, for me, that's what I specialized in. Like, I was, right. Um, right I mean, I love. Right. What's right from the get-go, pretty much when you went out, yeah. that was it. Right. Yeah, but, but you know, because of the, 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 you know, like Dennis 
was was uh, was under uh, Inosanto and under Chai, and so we had these great great experience. Uh, great lineage to train like the Filipino stuff. I love that. And, and I'm not, a, I'm not actually certified in Filipino martial arts. Um, I don't think Dennis ever certified anybody in Filipino martial arts, but I, but I, I show, <laughs> no, no, exactly. But, yeah. but, it, but, but I show my students from time to time, the stuff I learned. And I yeah. say, here's some stuff I learned. I don't give them rank in it. I don't, I don't claim to be any guru in it or anything like that. But, and the Muay Thai stuff, it was brilliant to learn uh, because that did, I, I was able to compare the, the, the way that they generate power and things like that. Cool. Um, JKD though, like I used to ask Dennis, I'd say in the, in the Muay Thai class, I'd say, you know, can I stay right lead? I'm a, I'm a JKD guy. And he'd say, that's fine. <laughs> you know, we do a pure Muay Thai, but I'd be in right lead because I, I didn't want to get used to, right. to doing things. And I'm not saying that's the way to do it, but that's where I was then. You know, that's, I don't think it's wrong to train out of both leads. Um, but that, you know, I was 19, 20 years old, you know, and I was, I was I was JKD. I was Bob's man. You know, I was uh, always standing around. You know, like a lot of us were trying to hear any little words that would come out of his mouth. Don't you think that and, was where you got a lot of wisdom from? And we have talked about yeah. this at camps and stuff. That part of the thing going to camps and getting together with guys, whether because you have the, the camp coming up in Vegas in November, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, part of that too, outside of the actual training, is I believe a good part of it is just that sitting around and bullshitting. You know, afterwards yeah. at dinner or going out and hanging out together because you get so much information, so much words of wisdom and topics come up and subjects and just that brotherhood that's involved in it. I think that's an equal part to just sitting there and training for eight hours, throwing a punch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it, no doubt. It, it, it goes it, – it, yeah, we learn so much from 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 being with other people, and, and they, they can learn, uh, you know, the, the from hearing our stories. And, and, you know, we, that was part of the thing is I haven't been able to stay after on a Wednesday night for years, but that was the thing that was cool. Um, right. uh, I, like I, ever since I had my son <laughs> 15 years ago, 14 right. years ago, I started having to get back cause my wife teaches ballet at night and all that. So I try to rush home, but, um, my, uh, but, but that, that was the thing they'd hang out after class and that was Bob and Jim and yeah, Bert okay. I've been, and Tim. <laughs> it's like, all kinds of stories and it's, it's, it's yeah absolutely it's a big part it's a big part of those little gems you know like, ooh, i could not have gotten <laughs> yeah that, or had i not stayed around and just bullshitted for another hour you know, yeah right we get, we would get bob talking about about yeah. his fights him yeah. using jeet kundo and and he had a, he had a bunch of them <laughs> jim sul used to say he used to try to go out and get bob into fights just <laughs> to see him fight <laughs> <laughs> I bet that so one of my fondest like memories that. of Bob, we were in Vegas, and uh, I sat down with him, and he was drinking, what was he drinking? Tequila, I think. And uh, a couple, you know, I was buying a couple of tequilas. <laughs> in, and, uh, oh, man, the guy, you know, he was he was a talker. You know, it was great, you know, great stories. And uh, just, you're like, wow, this is surreal. Have you ever sat back? I think about, like, you, I, I think about with Tackett and Bob and those guys prior to, the early 70s and being a part of that martial arts at that time with that brilliance being there and you've had that, you've had that experience of being in the garage and all the talent was there that can that be replicated again anywhere else at another time I, I, I'm not sure it can be that the, I don't know. The, 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 right, the brilliant talent and the knowledge that was just in that goddamn garage on any Wednesday yeah. night that's something else that's something special you know it is. I, and I don't know if we could ever replicate it. You know, I think the best we can do is try to pass it on, you right. know, um, how difficult is that? I'm sorry to interrupt. Passing oh, no. that shit it, on is 
a huge undertaking. I've talked about this with many people, you know, and, and I am a firm believer, and it's very tough to control. The further away from the source it goes, the less likely mm-hmm. it will be it'll stay pure to that source. That's true. And, and you know, the, especially because how few people are dedicated. I mean, if, it, if for people like Dennis Blue and me and, and uh, there was there was Louie here for years uh, and there's just one or two others that are that stay this dedicated. Like I didn't miss a Wednesday night for years. I didn't miss classes until I, you know, I had a knee surgery and then I'd come back too early to come train and and I didn't want to miss a second of it, you know, and, and I, I missed my girlfriend's uh, high school graduation because it was on a, uh, on a Wednesday night, you know, well, okay. and <laughs> she was my, my ex-girlfriend. She's correct. <laughs> well, that's why she's she like, just didn't understand. Yeah, that was the previous. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, oh. she, but yeah, it was on a Wednesday night and I said, I told you, I don't miss JKD. Right. And, and, you know, so we, we would hear nice the same stories, you, you know, as guys... <laughs> Yeah, as, as guys get older, they tell the same stories. That is so funny. And I would, I would check it, and then Bob, we get to the point where we, we, when Bob was getting older, and we'd be, we'd do seminars, he'd start to tell a story, and I'd stand next to him, and he'd start, to, he'd sometimes forget where he was going, and he'd look at me, and I, and I would let him know what part of the story he needed to tell next. That's... You know, because <laughs> I heard them so many times. It's like, oh, and, and yeah, you're talking about that time that 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 you wrote the stuff on the on the chalkboard, and you pissed Bruce off, and you know, yeah. and, and uh, that that was. That was a great that's story. Yeah, Fong. He tells that story in several interviews on, on YouTube as well. It's a great story. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah it is. Right, right. So now with the Wednesday, now also you guys have done the Chinatown lessons, which is great. Look, I, I think you really have done a, a great job. It's so income. It's, it's probably too much information. But, uh, yeah. yeah, there's so much out there to prove them. I, to this day. You know, I still go. I at first I, I bought all the the DVDs, and I and I'm a member of the thing, and I watch them. I still go back to level one, the Bajong stance, and and all that stuff. Yeah. You would think after all these years, I would have this down, right? You know, but that, <laughs> but, but that is so important. We mentioned this last week. I have two of my fighters yeah. in here, and um, T- Terrence, it was an Olympian, and Scrap, who's going to be an Olympian. Between the two of them, they have over 500 fights. And you know what's the first thing I do when I work with them is the fucking jab. Yep. Right? And these guys are world-class athletes. And with going back to early, it's the basics and getting so brilliant at those basics mm-hmm. that you don't need anything else but those, you know, because nothing else will come out of that, you know, other it's, than working those. So anyway, it, that's true. It's the foundation. It's the yeah. foundation, right? So with this, yeah. China, going back to the Chinatown stuff, now you guys are kind of reinventing and re the ones that I grew up a little bit, I guess for lack of a better word, I don't even know what you'd recall it. Um, reformulating. Uh... Yeah. Well, you know, as, as uh, t- Tim is still a big part of, you of know, course, he's, he's unofficially officially retired and that's always, the yeah, he's, a, he's retired. He doesn't do seminars and, you know, he's got a book coming out right. um, pretty soon and, and everything, but, but it's like, he doesn't want to travel and do the, do all that stuff. And so, you know, we took over and we voted right. specifically for Dennis to, to spearhead the group. Dennis Blue, um, who's our senior brother, who is who is my senior, as far as age goes, by many years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. And he was he said I believe he said he started in '78 or '79, which wow. which is a long time. Right. That's a long time. Uh, but yeah, I mean I've I've been there for a long time too. But that I was maybe five or six or seven then. I don't know five. Nah. Yeah, yeah. Five years in '78. Uh, so, but yeah, we, we're, we're reinventing in the sense that 
we're trying to do what we tr all tried to do before, which was you were part of that and Tim was yeah. part of it. It, it. That was kind of the frustration that, that uh, Seafood Tackett has had was that we've already tried doing all this, you know, and we're like, yeah, well, we're going to try again, you know. And the, the idea, though, is we're trying to get it organized in such a way where people can be held accountable as far as certification goes, as far as levels go, or whatever you want. We didn't even want to use the word certification, but I don't know what else to use. Yeah, I, I, right, like right. you're going to certify somebody that they can do something. But it's like we, we want to make sure also that, you know, you hate to think about we're out there selling JKD for money, but it's like none of us, like Den Dennis and I, neither one of us have a school. The only way we would ever be paid to do Jeekindos, I mean, I have a little class. People come to my house or go, or go to the Wednesday night class. But um, the only way we actually get paid is to do a seminar. And if it's not worth it for us to travel here and there, then it's 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 going to fall apart. And so we we've always been like, oh, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to make it about the money. We're trying and. We're, so maybe now, now we're making it about the money. No. <laughs> it's always about the money. No, but, but no, we, we're trying to make sure that we can offer the quality that, that people deserve. And if we can't afford the right advertising, if we can't afford the right uh, to bring in guest speakers, uh, you know, uh, to, if we can't afford the right venue, yeah. then uh, it, it's, it's kind of going to lose its steam and none of us are going to want to keep teaching. Right. No, it's we we could like probably do a whole show on money. We've we've had so many debates, Jim and I, about um, you know that it's not about the money, but then you do need to cover your costs. And if you give things away for free, do people value them? It's it's, right. it's uh... they do not. Say that from experience, they do not value it. As soon as I told people come to me and they say I'm having I'm struggling I'm struggling. And the moment I gave it to them for free, I'd say, well, you just show up. I just want to see you dedicated. Well, you know, the way, they the, start showing right. up 45 minutes late. <laughs> and then right. they stop coming. They do, right? Well, the, th the way to look at it, and I don't know why I picked this up, but, you know, I've given so much away for free that makes me a whore, you know? At least, <laughs> I, want, if, at least, I, at least if I charge something, you know, I, I'll upgrade to a prostitute because I want to get paid to get fucked. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You're right. So there. here's the philosophy. So at least let's work our way up to being, you know, an escort or something like that. You know. Yes. <laughs> Tom, did you have some I, questions you want to hit him on? Yeah, or? yeah there's there's a few few things. So, so one, I'll start in reverse order because you kind of mentioned it just then. But about oh, I'm sorry. The the group, the Wednesday night group has had a inconsistent, to say the least. Um, approach to standards and gradings in the past, I, I, yes. I believe. And there's been, you know, some nice guys, I guess, given certificates, promotions, et cetera, et cetera. And then other guys, I, I think, you know, Dennis was one, you may have been another one where it took, took you guys forever and a lot of smokers fights, et cetera, et cetera, to um, be certified where others maybe haven't come in. How are you going to address that? And do you, do you think it's a problem? I do think it's a problem. Um, the part of the issue is there has never been really any rules on certification. Uh, it, you know, I, I deal with it in my in my business in IT as well. You know, we're we're trying to come to terms with here is like what is our policy? Well, we don't have one. So how do you tell the customer they can't do something if you don't have a policy about it? You're just making it up on the spot. Is basically All what right. you're doing. And so I, I'll I'll be honest. When I was certified. There was no I was I did was not held to any particular standard. Basically you had to be dedicated and you had to impress them. And I did. I was the top, you know, uh student usually in, in there, depending on who was around. Uh 
and and you know I was I was I was a good fighter. I could demonstrate. I could teach. They'd seen me teach for for years. Yeah. And and so and so then you know it's like. I, I realized when I became a senior full instructor, I think it was back in – I was a full instructor for years, and I became a senior full, I don't know, back in like 2007 or something, 2006. And I, I was like I, – I, I see people becoming full instructors, and I was like, well, gee, how long have you been here? You know, how long <laughs> – I, I, or some people, I'm like, I've never met you. How are you? And at? I train. Yeah, I'm. I teach the Wednesday night group. You have a Wednesday night group certificate. I've never met you, and now that's not to say I need to meet everybody that our group certifies because you have to trust that your other partners and stuff know what they're talking about. Yeah. But we we needed to have some standards, and we all knew it. The, the, the thing is, there wasn't any standards set up because nobody set up. Here's the thing: we had to evolve certain things that we didn't want to. In other words. We had a very a big disregard for tradition and and sort of respect. We were sort of the bad boys of JKD. And one of the things I brought back was bowing in, bowing yeah. out. I think that's calling great. the yeah. teacher, yeah, calling the teacher Sifu, sir, whatever. Because I noticed we'd be doing seminars with other groups, and our guys were always the guys over bullshitting in the corner and laughing and talking really loud while somebody was teaching. Yeah. And I'm like, we don't need to be. Yeah, we don't need to be those guys. And so, and then it's also with the, we didn't, we never made it about, because you see, Bob always told us, Bruce gave him their certificates. If it wasn't for his, his wife, they would have ended up in the trash. His certificates with Bruce Lee's chopping signature on would have ended up in the trash because he threw them up in his closet. Bruce said, don't put too much. Yeah. He said, don't put too much, uh, you know, importance in this because the idea in the end of the day, especially below uh, instructor level or certificate is more for me as a teacher than it is for the student. Yeah, the student, it's a pat on the head. It helps them know they can keep that. You know, maybe it's some encouragement. But I tell them, guys, I want to remember what what I've gone through with you. I know to make sure that I haven't forgotten to teach you something. That's what these certs are for. Mm-hmm. When you get to instructor level, I need to know that you not only know this, but you can at least apply it, and that you can teach it. And so, like, I'm coming up with a with this thing. I've been talking to Dennis Blue also, is an actual program for instructors how to teach. Because we have guys also that are like, oh, I'm a good fighter. Make him an instructor. Which and he can't teach. Mean, right. Yeah. Big yeah. disconnect. And so we're trying to, you know, and, and again, those were, those, were un- those were honest mistakes because we didn't ever make it about certification before. And then as we started to get a, a little bit of a name, people wanted to be part of the group. Sure. And they show up one day, look, I'm pretty good at this and this. Can I be an instructor? Or you had guys who already had a school. Right. And they're like, well, you're good. We like you. Well, I want to teach what you teach. I already have a school. I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> You're a full instructor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's particularly, particularly prevalent when you look around the rest of the world because you've yes. got groups who haven't spent a lot of time in the garage, haven't spent a lot of time training with with you guys. They, they may have learned some JKD from, you know, Lamar Davis or a Ted Wong school or something like that. But, you know, they're, they're promoting themselves as being Wednesday night group. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, and that's, that's an irritation. Um, it, it, we'll see. And part of the thing is too, once a guy gets a, whatever he got a full instructor, uh, as far as I teach, nobody un, under a full instructor, first of all, can make instructors. You cannot make other, you shouldn't be certifying anybody under full instructor, right? I, like I have, uh, uh, Kiplin Dooley, uh, goes by Kip. He's the, he's our guy in, in LA, in the LA area. And he's got he's 
he's just teaching a very small class and he's good. But I said, he's got, he's an assistant instru- or associate instructor. And I said, well, bring your guy. I trust you that you can certify him all that, but bring him to our class at least once or twice. Let me take a look at him. And that way we have, I- I'm still helping you as an instructor be good at pointing things out. And, right. and it has nothing to do with his teaching ability. It's the certification part I want to work with. But guys that once they, some guys under full instructor or making other instructors, other guys full instructors, once you give them that cert, they're making 600 different guys, instructors, and, and uh, using our name, making seminars. Yeah. And, and uh, we, we're trying to put a stop to that. And the thing is we never wanted to be like bad guys, you know, right. like you can't, you can't use this and that. You can't, but we're, we're having to crack down a little bit. Because <laughs> then the quality goes down and the name goes to shit. At the, at the end of the day, so it is a double-edged sword. Yeah. Um, I, I guess another kind of interrelated thing that that I've seen sometimes is, I guess, not an unhealthy. There's healthy respect, and then there's yeah. kissing people's asses. Right. And I think Fuck you know, you could, <laughs> I've been I've been to seminars, I've been to meals, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and and people, you know, literally idolizing Tim because he's close to. Um, close to Bruce. Now, mm-hmm. h- how do you, for yourself, sort of step out of Tim's shadow and like build that, build that reputation that makes you think, yeah, we, we've got succession planning here to last beyond Tim for a hundred years, you know, or forever. Yeah, well, we have, uh, you know, Dennis and I are both second generation students as well, and uh, we, I think the fact that that somebody as as accomplished as Tim Tackett is in the picture only makes us better, you know, and there, you know, the the issue with, with his shadow is more like just because we're all in the same physical location. Like, you know, it's hard to set up back when he was doing seminars. I never even bothered to set up a seminar around here because it's like, if he's doing one, who's going to come to mind. Right. But as far as now, he's he's there backing us. You know, he's backing us up. He's he's supporting us. Um, in fact, you know, on the interview that that, that little video I'm going to put out uh, fairly soon, uh, I have to edit a few things out. Uh, <laughs> that he does mention that that he's uh, he's he's looking forward to seeing what we do. He supports Dennis and me both, and um, I think you know. We, we are also taking a you know a fresh approach in the sense of, of of spreading it of getting the information out there but we're taking everything that those old guys gave us and we're going to try to you know we're going to try to represent that um everywhere we go and remember Dennis and I taught two thirds of all of almost all of those camps for years with him you know it was mm-hmm. i was physically able to do the kicking and and punching and 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 some of these things where where the older guys only taught what they could physically do at the time. And, you know, so over the, over the last 10, 15, 20 years, I've been the one showing all the dynamic stuff, you know, and Dennis has been, and, and, and a few others. So uh, it's, it's definitely not going to change. And we're not going to stop talking to Tim Tackett when it comes to his advice and his wisdom, you know, but we're definitely going to grow and we're, and we're going to keep evolving ourselves. So now, uh, oh. Okay, Tom. I've got one last one, but you go no, shoot no, from okay, the hip, Tom, Jim. You have I'll... very important questions. You get to it. <laughs> the last, the last one is just uh, Dennis. Well, we had Dennis on the show, and he was talking about you guys having smoker fights, which is a term I hadn't heard, but about uh, basically yeah. unsanctioned fights. Um, yeah. You had a, a fight team of about six guys. He was saying that you know you, Louis, etc., 
who yeah. train six days a week and you go down and you test things out and you'd, you'd, you'd see that you'd see you'd see that it works you'd make it work you know do you feel that legacy of producing fighters and you know is is still there have we got the level of tough guys you know i almost feel like wednesday night group jkd is like jkd for big guys because when i went and met all of you guys everyone is physically intimidating you know big guys well yeah i mean uh the, the this is an interesting uh it, situation or, or or scenario or whatever the the i still tend to train people like i'm training fighters and it's yeah. it's like a weird thing with jeet kundo because um i want people to be physically able you know but at the same time i don't really have time like dennis had a school at the time and I would, I would, I see people that are going to fight that want to fight and I'll coach them a little bit here and there. But I, I think in the future, as we become bigger and, and all that and have more, more of a foundation, maybe financial foundation, we could start training fighters again. Uh, but yeah, the, in, in the short term, we, um, I haven't had the time. So it's like, like I'll tell people, I don't have time to teach grappling at all. And there's there's better grappling teachers than me anyway, you know. Right. Go find go find some a good jujitsu teacher, whatever. If you're gonna get in the cage, you know, um, go get yourself a good teacher, you know, a good coach. But um, we'll we'll work with them on what we can, you know, and that's about it. But later on, hopefully, yes. Cool. That's me done, Jim. Any f from you? <laughs> that was it. <laughs> I, I, it was, yeah. You're that's fine. my list. That was, that was a really good list. Anyway, Jeremy, buddy, thank you so much. You will have to thank come you. on the show again, man. We could, like you said, we've we've already gone way over time, and we could have done a, a couple more hours. Not that it, you know, but uh, we'll definitely have you back on. Now, what do you got coming up? That you're promoting anything, Jeremy? That you need to promote for your business? You still acting? Uh, you know what? I do here and there, uh -huh. but it's yeah, I work a full time job at a university. In fact, they're calling me to a meeting right now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I actually, yeah, I, I do it. I, I work with the film department here just so I can keep from getting rusty. Right. And then uh, uh, we're, we're working on, uh, on getting the project kicked off. And then we have our, our, our Wednesday night group seminar in Vegas in November, and we'll be posting information about that on Facebook, and there'll be a video and, and all kinds of fun stuff. No, awesome, awesome. Thank you Hopefully so much see you for guys taking there. the time. And, uh, what's that, Tom? Thank you, guys. That's, that's he said he loves me more than All right, anything. man, you want to get a hold of us, you can listen to us on every major podcast, as Tom says, and on HamiltonRadio.net on Saturday nights at 9 p.m. UK time, at 9 p.m. New York time. Uh, you can get a hold of me at PrimalJimNJ.com. we got a fight up November 3rd here Local, another MMA fight, so lots of stuff going on with us. So I think that's it. All right, guys, peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.